Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West End podcast with me, Will Pugh, and James Jones. And this episode, and every single We Are West End podcast episode for the rest of the season, is sponsored by Miriam Errington Conveyancing in Adelaide, South Australia. Miriam and her company were kind enough to help support the We Are West End podcast, or more accurately, the Will Pugh a trip to Perth in Australia for West Ham's pre-season tour down under. And we are delighted to announce that we have partnered up with Miriam and her company again to bring you more excellent We Are West Ham content for the rest of the season. You'll have your opposition views. You'll have a few more of the Claret and, Be- the Claret and Blue even views that uh, we've been doing so far this year. We're delighted to link up with Miriam again. So just a reminder, as before, if you need any conveyancing services, buying or selling a property in Adelaide, in South Australia, or in Australia generally, be sure to give Miriam a shout and keep the West Ham business within the West Ham family. Delighted to have Miriam on board for the season and delighted to see West Ham top of the Premier League. I said, we are top of the league. Well, at least we are when we're recording this. Me and James Jones on Saturday morning, bright and early. I'm not sure about bright, actually. I don't feel very bright at all, but it certainly is early. James, just hours after West Ham's 2-0 victory. No, that's wrong as well. 2-1 victory away at Luton Town has finished on Friday night. I almost forgot about Mads Anderson's 92nd minute consolation for the Hatters. But Jared Bowen continues his hot streak and Kurt Zuma nodded his first goal of the season, put West Ham 2-0 up on 85 minutes and it was reasonably comfortable. We did our best to make it a nervy finish, didn't we? James Ward-Prowse nearly or somehow getting away with handling the ball quite clearly, it appeared to me, in the box at the end when it was 2-1. But we got the three points. Jonesy, as we speak, we're top of the Premier League. I appreciate there are some uh, other fixtures going on very shortly today. But it is a very, very, very good time to be a West Ham fan 
indeed will be top until at least about 5.30 p.m. after the Manchester City versus Fulham game has finished. Burnley play Tottenham as well. They can overtake us and Liverpool and Arsenal can both overtake us as well. They're playing um, Arsenal. have got Manchester United, Liverpool have got Aston Villa there on the Sunday. By the time this comes out, people may have heard it. This is probably one of the longest intros I've ever done without you speaking. So... 2-1 to the Cockney boys away at Luton. Unbeaten this season, Jonesy, in four games. Some people were suggesting before the season had even started, or certainly after the Bournemouth game, that it was all going to be very bleak for the first seven to eight games of the season. I can't remember whether or not we were one of them. I think we were, but this is happy days, is it not? We certainly were like one of those... Uh... Pocket of fans that, that felt like we were in for a bit of a long season after that Bournemouth game, but <laughs> by believe every fan, <laughs> yeah, pretty much every fan, yeah. But it's been it's been unbelievable, really, isn't it? Remarkable. You know, when you, if you if you look at it, look at it and go, well, three of our first four games of the season have been away from home. We only won three away games all season last year in the league, and we're unbeaten. Uh, we've beaten Chelsea, we've beaten Brighton, which is the most still the most baffling thing. Like we're gonna I'm win waiting, the league. I'm, I'm I'm kind of waiting just to be woken up, and it's no, we've just lost five 0 to Brighton instead. Mm. Um, and and we've got the Luton, which is was always going to be a tough tough night. Uh, newly promoted Luton on paper, people would have seen it as a bit of a formality. It never was going to be a formality. We said that last week. We've gone there and, and won and taken three points and now we're top of the league after four games. Now, this would have been this this is going to go out on Monday morning. So people listening now, it's, it's Monday or at least Monday morning, maybe after right. that. Um, so lucky <laughs> it is that by the time people are listening to this, we're not still top of the league. But we're not going to be bottom it. though. So we're not going to be bottom. And I was looking, I was looking at league this morning. I was admiring the Premier League table this morning. First thing I looked yeah. at when I woke up, and. Yeah. Um, and I, the, one of my first thoughts was, well, my first thought was, oh, this is great. Top of the league after four games. The second thought was, oh, we're 10 points clear at the bottom three, which is which is fantastic. So we're, we're, we're well, well away bit, from a relegation battle. Bit tragic. As things stand. <laughs> bit tragic, yeah, but it's kind of ingrained in me after years of pain and torture. Um, and I, 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 it didn't help. I was talking to a Leeds fan uh, last week at work and... Um, see, he's he's the leads are down in the championship, looking to come back up again this season. And he said, Oh, yeah, West Ham had a good start. And I was like, Yeah, he was like, oh, We had a good start last year. And look what happened. And I was like, Don't say that. And they <laughs> did. You look at it, Leeds were like top six after like six games or something. And it was like, Oh, mm. why have you said that to me? So <laughs> it was a, it was a, a cruel reminder that, yeah, okay, it's been a good start, but there's still 34 games left to play and anything can happen, especially at West Ham. But let's enjoy it. Yeah. Let's enjoy it. Happy days. Absolutely, mate. Look, it's funny, isn't it? I, we've got 25% of the points needed to stay up already. Unbelievable. <laughs> with, with 28 games remaining, we've already got one quarter of the necessary points to stay in the Premier League, which is quite something. But honestly, mate, genuinely I think it is a remarkable achievement it's a remarkable start to the season particularly with games against Brighton away who not just because of that ridiculous curse which obviously was a thing but because they're a good side at the moment they're still sitting sixth even though they they lost to us at home they've they've won their other two games and 
yeah, Chelsea at home. Again, Chelsea have had a strange start. They've lost that one to us. They've won one and they drew one, but the draw was at home to Liverpool. They look a good side. They'll be okay, won't they? They'll certainly be better than last season. It's all a bit raw and rough around the edges still, but they'll get slicker and slicker as the season goes on and they'll be a good side. And I would imagine they'll finish top four, particularly without, without European football to contend with. And... Yeah, I think it's a, it's a phenomenal result. And we always do that thing, don't we? Or I, th- I think I have on the podcast before, where you you look at the games that you've had, or that we, we, we were good at it last year, weren't we? Looking ahead at the next sort of little cluster of games, say you had four games, and then you sort of pick what you want to or should get out of those games points-wise. And often, as is the way with David Moyes' West Ham, we would get points from games you weren't expecting us at all, either before or having already dropped points against a team that you really, really should have beaten. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you look at you look at that start to this season, and I think to be honest, after that Bournemouth game, you were already you were immediately behind that line of where you'd want to be, which I think was explained the bleakness on this podcast and uh, and among a lot of the fan base. But really, if, if you look at the games we've had, I think you would have, at the beginning of the season, and looked at the first four, you'd have said, right, I want six points from those. I want to beat Bournemouth and I want to beat Luton. But realistically, we're going to lose away at a very good Brighton team who we never beat and we'll probably lose at home to £1 billion Chelsea. Like that's what you'd have said. So the fact that we're not just a little bit above that line, if we were on seven points now, you'd still be absolutely buzzing. The fact, yeah, we're we're four points above is sensational. And all of a sudden, it just transforms the mindset, doesn't it? Obviously, going into the international break at the moment, there are those who say, Oh, you know, I wish it didn't have to stop. But it's Man City at home, the first game back, which again is obviously going to be a difficult one. Then you go away to Liverpool. Not going to be easy either, but Liverpool aren't infallible at the moment, and particularly the way we've started the season. I I, I genuinely think it's, it's, it's just this huge breath of confidence. Moisey's carrying himself with a bit of a swagger again. All of the Moisey out brigade have, well, I mean, you will literally, you know, you, you especially if you go on Twitter, but you will find some people will be absolutely fuming that we've won another game won't they? Because it sort of <laughs> yeah. doesn't back up their uh, anti-David Moyes agenda rather than um, like I would hope that that we are able to do when we're proved wrong about stuff, a.k.a. James Ward-Prowse, a.k.a. Alphonse Areola can't save penalties, a.k.a. Mikhail Antonio is a finished striker. <laughs> all, all of those uh, stances which we've taken with a lot of vigour in recent weeks. Yeah, you still have people annoyed annoyed about it now. Not only did we beat Luton, though, James, um, we actually won a Premier League game of football and had more of the ball. 62% possession, three shots on target to Luton's one. Superior pass accuracy of 83% to 72%. More passes in general. All in all, James... Uh, a, a spiffing game of football. Jared Bowen said afterwards that it was the hardest game of the season, but I, you know, I, it didn't look to me like West Ham really came out of second or third gear, which is is very good. 
yeah, I mean, pleasing in, in many ways. I can understand why it was why you would have said that about it being the most difficult game of the season so far. I mean, Kenilworth, Kenilworth Road, very tight, compact stadium, under the lights on a Friday night, and their fans buzzing, absolutely buzzing that they're that they're watching Premier League football there. Um, and you could tell by both our goals, um, Zuma and Bowen rattled by the fans a little bit beforehand, uh, shushing the crowd mm. a little bit. Obviously, Zuma, I did laugh when every time Zuma touched the ball, there was booze because you don't really hear that anymore. But it's Luton's first time I've seen Kurt Zuma yeah. since everything happened. So I was like, oh, bless them. They're having their moment. They're yeah. letting boo him for a little bit. That and is he booed... now they get to join in. The yeah, they can join in. But they were because obviously last was it last year or the year before when it first happened, and then there were stages where uh, fans would forget and then start booing again, like yeah. ten minutes later. Uh, Luton it happened a couple of times last night with Luton. The fans he did touch the ball a few times, and they wouldn't boo him. And then suddenly there'd be a, few, a little pocket of booze, um, and then he booed them back um, quite uh, viciously when he when he scored, which I thought was funny. He but did, in the didn't Burren, he? yeah, that was funny. yeah. Um, instead of running over to the West Ham fans, he ran over to the Luton fans and booed them, which yeah. I thought was quite, quite, uh, quite funny. But and then Bowen did the same with um, um, they, they were singing apparently, according to our yeah. friend Rose Shane Thomas, they were singing quite unsavory songs about his missus. Um, and cool. so you know, the only thing you can do as a footballer is shut them up by scoring against them, and he did that. Mm. So, um, so I can understand what you why he said it was, it was quite a difficult game, but. I think overall the performance was was good. You're right. I don't think we we were at our very very best, um, and I don't think we needed to be. I didn't think. I thought, no. I think Luton posed a few problems, particularly those crosses into the box. Aguero and Zuma. Zuma got man of the match and fully deserved. I thought, um, like clear mm. pretty much everything. Um, but they were causing us a few issues um, with those crosses, uh, and that Adebayo up front was was very good at holding the ball up and and bringing the midfield into play. So, you know, they probably may have felt like they could have scored one or two more and, you know, you wouldn't have really put given the chances they had. You'd have been like, okay, they probably did deserve one or two more. But I thought we defended very well. I thought Lucas Paqueta once again was just outstanding. Um, the assist for mm. Bowen's goal, great. Um, ben Rama was Ben Rama. We spoke about that last night on WhatsApp, <laughs> didn't we? The most, the most Ben Rama, particularly the first half, the most Ben Rama 45 minutes ever. Um, didn't really do much in a second. Um, but overall, a really good performance away from home, a difficult place to go against a newly promoted side where literally anything could have happened. Yeah. Um, and we've come away with three points and we're top of the league. And um, it's become a little bit, last season aside, it's almost become a little bit of a hallmark of us as if we just go and get things done professionally. Yeah. Um, under David Moyes. Um, can't we really, can't really say much about that last season, but more often than not, we've we've done we've gone to difficult places and played difficult teams and, and put in a really professional performance and got the job done. And yeah. that was that was trademark David Moyes West Ham last night at Luton, hundred percent. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you, James. I couldn't agree more. Um, listen, we will have a little chat about the uh, transfer window later on in the final thoughts. West Ham, the Europa League draw was made in the week as well. We've got Olympiakos, Greek giant Olympiakos, Serbian side Baka Topola. 
and of course Freiburg from Germany and that draw. Very exciting stuff indeed. Jonesy will chat about all of that and more in the podcast to come. Unfortunately, the reason that we're doing the podcast on Saturday morning this week is that I am going to Portugal on Sunday for a holiday so there's no time this week unfortunately we've got a very small window of time no time uh, to nail down a claret and blue view i'm going to this remote little uh, island somewhere which i'm don't think has actually got wi-fi so i'm going to be off off the grid we're just squeezing this one in so you get your content for the week um but yeah so it'll be back to normal sort of format uh, the following Monday, we've got the international break, of course, but we'll have a, a, a claret and blue view then. Jonesy, I came up with that name this week for the new section. We've had some very good feedback already. Lots and lots of positive comments about the chat with Mark Webster, broadcaster, journalist and West Ham fan extraordinaire last week. I absolutely love Mark. He's generally is one of my, uh, you know, I really look up to him. I think the way he, he's just an interesting eloquent, funny, friendly, knowledgeable man. Uh, I love chatting to him. I especially love chatting to him about all things Hammers. But hearing his views on football and his philosophies on on pop culture and life in general. Uh, so I really enjoyed that last week. Lots of you did. Uh, we've got a few more West Ham guests lined up for the rest of the season. We had the Suns West Ham correspondent Jordan Davis. We've got a couple of other big names lined up for the rest of the campaign. No time, unfortunately, this week. To do it, I'm jetting off on holiday on Sunday, providing that the old air chaos or whatever's going on in Europe at the moment doesn't leave me grounded uh, at Gatwick. So, yeah, just uh, a slightly shorter version of the pod this week from me and Josie. No Betway charity bets. They'll return uh, with the podcast ahead of that Manchester City game. After the Champions League, needless to say, no winners this week, unfortunately. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. You can follow me and James on Twitter. I'm at William Pugh underscore James is at by James Jones. You can get us on Instagram at we are West Ham pod. We are on Facebook as well. If you want to check us out over there, some video clips, stuff that James puts up. I think we're on TikTok, James tells me. Uh, he's more down yep. with the kids than I am, even though I'm uh, three to four years younger than him. And where else can you get us? You can email us. So we are West Ham Pod at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can, if you want, buy us a pint at buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham. That money goes directly to me and Jonesy. And we only spend it over the bar when we're together on actual beers or stuff to make the podcast better for you guys. Be that equipment, licensing fees, software fees, or guest fees. They believe it or not, it does actually cost a few quid to keep this podcast going week in, week out. So if you fancy chipping in to that, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestam. Jonesy, you told everyone last week to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, I think you said, and Spotify if you can, I haven't seen any so far. Uh, that that will be because I haven't checked, though. To be fair to me, so we just a we did get one once again. Did you? Amazing. Yeah, we did get one. I'm I just mean, trying to bring it up. I say, I say it's amazing. I also know how many people um, download the podcast every week. So if it's one as a percentage of people, I would say that's probably less than 0.001%. We've got two. Two. Oh, We've got two. I've just seen another one come up. 
Unbelievable. Right, go on then. Go on, read them out. So the first one's quite short from Duraz. It just says, cheers, boys. Come on, you irons. Uh, five stars. Love it. Thanks, well, thanks Duraz. Duraz. Uh, yeah. And then Paul, Cum- Paul Cumbie uh, on uh, last week says, Will and James do a great job on the pod. Started listening when I met Will in Perth and had a chat on the pod out there. Thought I would give it a go. Glad I did. Some great content and guests that join them. Enjoy listening to the opposition view as well as you get good insight on what opposition fans think about West Ham. Keep it going, lads. Love it. Love it, mate. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Yeah, thanks very much, gents. Um, remember, of course, uh, from Perth, that's absolutely brilliant. So there we go, Josie. People do listen and they have responded when you've asked. So that's two. I appreciate that still is a 0.0001% or whatever of the people that download the podcast. But you asked and the listeners have provided. So fair play. Uh, we tell everyone, of course, they can get in touch. I just want to read out a few nice messages that I got. This week, Steve Ocuro. I imagine that's Steve Ocuro, I guess. That's just his username I'm reading out. But uh, yeah, Steve Ocuro got in touch and just said, massive from Philly in the States. Love the pod up the hammers. Thanks very much for that. Steve, thanks for listening and getting in touch. Who else did we have? Steve Hunt. Uh, got involved. Steve has been a long time listener to the podcast. He got in touch with me in the week. Brad Stevens has been on again. If Ben Rama passed as many times as he did stepovers, he might be all right. That is why you're one of my favorite people and listeners to the podcast. <laughs> Brad, happy days. Yeah, we did have a few uh, people getting stuck in this week, James. Uh, a few nice messages and some great comments on the video to Mark on YouTube. One thing I did say though jonesy was i was reading them through you sent a few through and i thought oh well this is very nice this is very lovely reading all this positive stuff uh from from our listeners the only slight problem is the first one you sent me was good chat i unsubscribed to a, a different west Ham youtube channel where it's nothing but miserable moaning 90 percent of the time then i found your channel and you're like a breath of fresh air compared to that lot we can moan sometimes of course but all the time gets depressing cheers come in your eyes i thought well that is absolutely lovely and that is pretty much what we try and do on the we are west ham podcast inject a little bit of light-heartedness in to support in west ham and it's been quite easy the past couple of years but then after that i thought oh, that's nice people obviously like what we do uh, and then i realized actually uh, i think they just liked what mark brought to proceedings last week um uh, who did we we had Mark here love this Mark is always uh, sorry Martin this is from love this Mark is always a great listen I love his positivity and humour you should get him on as often as you can I echo everything you boys said about Moyes in the club in general after the, over the last few years there we go uh, Kevin Ferry top bloke Mark Webster very knowledgeable in all things and adores West Ham old soul boy who has a vinyl collection to die for David Croft said he was born in Rochford Hospital too like Mark, it was a little bit of an Essex loving James last week. Great interview, loved it. Uh, John War said, first time I've watched, loved the show. Mark is very entertaining and uplifting views. Come on, you irons, West Ham till I die. So, yeah, really decent week of engagement this week. So get in touch with us as well. But, um, yeah, if you're inclined to do that, do what James said, please. Uh, leave us a review somewhere and go and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. That would be lovely. There's lots of housekeeping for you. That was quite a long introduction section. But we've got the Luton Review a review of the Europa League draw and some final thoughts, including a look back on the transfer window. All of that is coming up next. 
Well then, Jonesy, 2-1 away at Luton. A, a great win all round. You mentioned briefly some of your standout performers there. I mean, Jared Bowen is absolutely flying this season. He seems to be really stepping up. I don't know if since he's become a dad or since Declan Rice has left and he's sort of widely recognised as our best player now. Perhaps he's thriving in that role a little bit more. Um, yeah, or like you said, the, the two centre-backs dealt with the with the challenge really well. Like I mentioned, Bowen said it was the hardest game of the season. Edson Alvarez is getting widespread praise from everyone. What's your sort of stance, general view on the whole thing? Who's, who's your sort of man of the match of the, uh, yeah, of the, of the Luton game? Well, it was a toss-up between Zuma and Paqueta for me. I thought Paqueta was outstanding. Um, his assist for Bowen's goal was was class, but felt like he was, yeah. he was really pulling the strings and run, running the game for for much of it. Um, but I know Gary Neville was it Jamie Carragher? I think Jamie Carragher gave it to Zuma just for his like just solid defensive display. Uh, and, and he obviously scored, the goal, and obviously the goal. But um, even he was giving it a bit of a toss up between the two of those. So, but I think overall there wasn't a bad performance from anyone. I thought I thought it was, and it's been no, this way, that way right. since since the Bournemouth game. Even the Bournemouth game wasn't exactly terrible. Um, it's just been a lot of just all round good team performances. Everyone pulling their weight. Uh, the new signings are started in world. James Will Prowse, another really good performance from him. Alvarez class. So, um, yeah, all round. It's difficult to really pinpoint one player and go, yeah, I know, like obviously Bowen's on form and that, but one player and go, he's the reason we're doing well. Mm. Um, everyone's pulling their weight, even the subs. Um, one thing that did surprise me though was that Mohamed Kudos didn't come on earlier, and when he did come on, it wasn't for Ben Rama. Um, four nails <laughs> came on for Ben Rama, and the, the, the third, the, the, what, 25 minutes to go. And I thought, I did I thought about the game. Well, when Ben, ben Rama, when Moyes does finally get fed up of Ben Rama, then it will definitely be Kudos that comes on and replaces him, and it wasn't. And it just felt it was like, mm, is that really the right thing to do? I don't know what. What what you're achieving by bringing Kudos on in the 93rd minute or whatever it was? Mm. Like, what's the point of that? Like, um, but that's like it's what it is. Like in the day, we won. Yeah. It didn't change the game game in any way. But like, you you would have you would. I think a lot of fans were quite looking forward to seeing him properly rather than just seeing him walk run on the pitch and then basically literally within seconds it's 2-1 and he's then basically just booting the ball up the field every time we get the ball just to waste time it's like you're not really seeing yeah. it he's not, not really playing he's not playing football is he um, no but it is what it is do you is, not but think all it's round... because maybe he can't trust his defensive capabilities he not can't trust him as in he thinks he's bad but he knows what he's getting when he brings on Pablo for now 72 minutes that was so it's still only 1-0 then he knows Pablo brings a bit of defensive stability. Plus, he he can offer something going forward. I, maybe, I, I guess it maybe, maybe felt a little bit more risky because the game was technically only safe on eighty-five minutes when Zuma nodded home, wasn't it? And even then, we part, try and nose it up. Part of me wondered whether he was he was almost protecting him from Luton. You know, we spoke last week yeah. about a bit of a phys- physical side. Um. Are you protecting your, your star forty million pound signing from getting absolutely booted about all over Kenilworth Road, or kind of let's just ease him in slowly to Premier League action? This is probably not the best the best game for him to really be introduced to Premier League football. 
we'll do that in a couple of weeks when when we host Man City and when you can mm. basically just ch- chase shadows for ninety minutes instead. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but, but yeah, I, uh, it, it might be a bit of both to be fair. But I'm just I was really just really excited. I know I'm not the only one really excited to see him play and see him in action. And instead, just saw him just chase long balls up the pitch, which weren't even aimed at him because they were just aimed at wasting time. But it's what it is. It was a good performance all round. Um, yeah, and a, a really, really important three points, I thought. I think we're just incredibly lucky at the end of that penalty decision. Yeah, well, look, that's what I was going to ask you. I don't know. I want to get a couple of the sort of perceived negatives out of the way. Um, I'm sort of inclined to go with Ben Rama first. But no, we'll do the penalty. We'll do the penalty shout. Um, obviously, Cross comes in. This is when it's 2-1 as well. Cross comes in, goes over everyone. James Ward-Prowse, sorry, at the back of a crowd of players. It like grazes off of his sort of upper arm, but below the shirt sleeve, which is what we're led to believe is the rule. And then goes to Maxwell Cornet, who controls it. And that also sort of half looked like a handball. VAR did check and, and then... Cornet cleared it. Ball was still in play for quite a while afterwards. Nothing given. VAR did check and nothing was given again. There were some suggestions. There were only suggestions. I don't know if it's been ratified or proved or anything. That VAR were only looking at the potential handball on Maxwell Cornet. Because kudos, it did look... Sorry. Yeah. Uh, kudos. Um, and yeah. And right. Correct me if I'm wrong about this. Was Maxwell has Maxwell Cornet's number changed this season? Yeah. Was he fourteen last season? Yeah, I think he was. Hang on, I'll check. See, I genuinely think that's what it is. Um. So yeah. last year, Maxwell Cornet was fourteen. Yeah, there we go. And th- well, and this and this year, his squad number eleven. 17. 17. There we go. Bit of an odd choice, that one, an odd change. But anyway, sorry, hence my confusion. Um, So, yeah, I mean, he's checking for the handball then on on Kudus. And because as he's controlled it and cleared it, it it did look a bit like handball. Suggestions that maybe VR only looked at that one because they thought there was a contentious one, not even realising that there was one. Um, on James Ward Prowse in the middle, but what did you make of the whole thing, really? Because I, I, I don't know. Maybe if that's against West Ham, I'd have probably been shouting for a pen. Do you know what I mean? But I, it would have it would have felt really harsh. No, I I think it is a penalty. Um, and if I was a Luton fan, I'd be livid. Um, but do I care? No, because if you look at how many times we've been done over by VAR over the last few years, I couldn't care less. I, I genuinely, like, as soon as I saw it, I mean, I thought they were looking at the Kudos one. I didn't realise it was James Will Prowse until they went back on Sky and looked at it, and I was like, all oh, right, yeah, we've got away with one there. Uh, and it's about time we got away with one, to be honest, to be quite honest. The amount of times we've been absolutely robbed by really, really bad decisions. It's about time one went our way. So um, yeah, if I was a Luton fan, I'd be I'd be very very upset to say the least. But um, as a West Ham fan, I'm absolutely delighted because yeah, I think I think we got away with one there, hundred percent, definite handball. Yeah, 
yeah, I still would have. I was. Yeah, I, I mean, it would. Have been gutted if it it's because good. of the change. It's it's because it's the change in the rules, though. It's it's the, you know, if your arm's in an unnatural position and the ball hits your arm, mm. yeah. Then regardless of if it's it's de- deliberate or not, it's a, it's a penalty. And yeah. okay, he's jumped up, but his arms are out 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 by his yeah. side, and the ball's landed yeah. on his on his arm. So, yeah, okay, the rules are rubbish, and they probably need to look at them again. Um, yeah. But while they're in place, you look at it and go, well, that is technically a breach of the laws. So it would it, it would should have been a penalty, I think. Yeah, no, you're quite right. Well, I don't know if you are quite right. I always sort of look at those and go, especially when they're like for West Ham, I was trying to give my, so I'm not having Claret Blue's spectacles on. I try and go, right, what would I have done? Or how would I feel if it was the other way around? And... I think if that had happened, I'd have probably been screaming for it, but ultimately going, oh, this feels a bit, this doesn't make football better by that being a handball. Do you know what I mean? Like, he hasn't I don't he's agree with really that. looking yeah. at it. I agree with it. I just sort of think, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. Enough. I agree. Um, Said Ben Rama. I mean, yeah, I don't really get it. I was just bored of talking about it, to be fair. <laughs> Um, I must admit, a lot of the fervor right around him has died down a bit this season, isn't it? Like, you know, people aren't in such a hurry to make out like he's Pele anymore. Um, yeah, two again in the in the first. I mean, real lack of impact on the entire game. Two in the first half, where yeah, just the ball. We're in really dangerous positions, looting under loads and loads of pressure. The ball falls to him on the edge of the box. One time, I think the first one when I text you was when it like balloons up in the air and he tried to volley it in and just like shank dragged it about 10 yards wide of the left-hand post. And then the second one, same again, just outside the edge of the area. We're putting him under loads of pressure. And yeah, he gets the ball just outside the D and with his left foot, I was going to say his weaker foot, but both of his feet are weak. Um, he then just like tried to, he, he was obviously trying to bend one in the top left corner, but he executed it when a Sunday league player tries to bend one in the top left corner and just ballooned it out again. The, again, just so frustrating. The amount of like, times and momentum, he's such a momentum killer all the time. Decision-making poor, execution poor. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say anymore. It's like, yeah, I, I just, I will never, I will never get it. I will never, I will never understand it. He's trying to be, he tries to be a better player than he is. That's what it is. Unlike Pablo Fornells, who executes the things that he's good at and capable of doing, Saeed Benrahma tr- plays as if he's like Lionel Messi in this mercurial talent. He's actually not. He's not one of those things. And I think that's why people like him because he plays as if he's better than he is. Like execution and decision-making are hugely important. And like you're playing Luton Town, mate. Like He's just not a David Moyes player, is he? And I know he's sort of started a lot more, but you are inclined to think, surely, are you not, that once Kudus gets involved a bit more, Ben Rama's on the bench again every week when everyone's fit. I th- mate, I I think it's just it is his decision making which lets him lets him down, and his decision and execution. 
Well, this is what I'm saying. His, his, his decision-making affects his execution. That's why his execution is poor, because decision-making is poor. Mm. Those two shots, they weren't, they weren't opportunities to have a shot on goal. But he's decided to have a shot on goal. And the reason why they haven't ended up hitting the target is because they weren't opportunities to have a shot on goal. And he's, he's lashed at it because his decision-making yeah. is poor. If he decides to bring the ball down and we'll go again, we'll, we'll uh, spray it back out wide, put another ball in the box. Then you don't get frustrated with Ben Armour because you think, okay, he's done the right thing there. But instead mm. he's thought, oh, I'm, I'm going to swing my boot at this and see what happens. And both of them ended up being technically clearances rather than shots. Um, and it's it's little things like that which frustrate fans when it could be just a lot simpler for him. He could make life a hell of a lot easier for himself. Well, instead of trying to do the, the one the wonderful thing and volley it in from 40 yards, just just take the ball down, go again, or take the ball down, have a look up. And if the shot's on then, have a go then. But at least then you thought about it. But, but even then it won't go in. Well, I mean, he's capable of doing it. We know he's capable. We've seen him do it. We've seen him score good when? goals, right? The guy's a good, the guy the guy's a good player, but he gets he lets himself down with his decision making, and and that's why when he's not thinking about things, he's just doing them. That's where you see the bad execution. I mean, he thought about it. Like the goal we scored against Brighton, his first goal for us was what 20, 20 yards out. He's he's thought about that. He hasn't lashed at it. He's brought the ball down. He's beaten a player. He's looked up and then he's curled it into the top corner. Same thing against Brentford in the cup last season. Pinged it from 25 yards. Same mm. thing. Was on the ball, beat a player, looked up, pinged it top corner. Like, we know he can do it, but we've never seen volley it in from 30 yards. No. Um, and there's only a, only a select few players in the world that can do that consistently and at least hit the target, like, realistically. And he's but, not mate, one of them. He can't, he can't even put basic crosses in. Like... A lot of the time, you know, the amount of times you—I just think he's—he's he's just not as good as people think. It's because he does no, a I... few stepovers. If he—he because he, he does a few stepovers, people think he's really skillful and really good. But he can't execute basic crosses. I told you the old classic, the trademark one, where he gets the ball on the corner of the box, goes to bend one into the far post, and smashes it out for a goal kick. Like it goes he's, well over his He does that He's so rubbish often. at doing that. He's rubbish at doing that. Run, get into the byline and putting a ball in the box in almost like one movement and one motion. But look at his assist uh, for Bowen's goal against Brighton. One of the best assists you'll see this season in terms of the, the ball that he played for Bowen. Um, so we know he can do it, but he's not very good at run, running with the ball and then crossing it in, in, one, in one motion. But he, he is good at Running down the wing, stopping, waiting for waiting for play to catch up, and then putting and then putting a cross in. And that's no, the I thing. disagree. He has to think about it. He has to think about it before he does it. If he's not thinking about it, and if he's just doing it all in one motion, it ain't working for him. Um, I just think, but like, I agree. He... I agree. He's not. He's not as good as people think he is. But the flip side, I don't think he's as bad as people claim him to be. I think he's a good player. Um, I do think he'll drop on the bench once Kudos gets his opportunity and proves that he can be a better player in that position. But he's a good player to have on the bench, to bring bring off the bench. Good squad player to have. I think he does add quality to the team in areas. Um, but I don't think he should be starting for us for much longer. No. Nine, nine goal contributions in 35 Premier League games last season. 
six of those goals, three of them, just three, were assists. He plays in the same position as Jared Bowen. Different and player, we've I mean. seen... Huh? Well, that's different for player. sure, mate. Yeah, they are definitely different players. Yeah, we'll agree on that. Yeah, one. but it's, that that's, that's sure. like, that, but, but that's like saying... I mean, one of them's good. Um, but you get you and get players that pan pan the same position. You get players to play in the same position, but but add different things to the flank that they're on. So you've got Jared Bowen, who's better at running than behind, and he's technically an inside forward. And you've got uh, you got Saeed Benrahma, who is a winger, and he's just a flat out winger. And that's it. Is he? Is he though? Stroke, 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 stroke. I he'd be better playing as a number ten rather than out wide, if I'm honest. Um, I'll just be better. Um, yeah. Maybe even more, maybe even more of a Paquetta role. Obviously, he's not going to get in the head of Paquetta, but like playing him where he's playing him, obviously it's frustrating. He makes silly decisions. Um, He actually got seventeen goal contributions last season in all competitions. Yeah, in all competitions. Yeah, yeah, sure. But you've you've added on the four that were against like Silkeborg or whatever. We still got them, though. You can only do them against teams you're playing against. No, I know, but I'm just saying, Premier League, we're sort of, which is what we're talking about, which is pretty much the, you know, the, the most elite level. Yeah, just see the difference between Jared. Bowen season and before in the Premier him. League, season before he did 14, mm. um, 14 in 32, uh, a little bit better than than last season. But I'm, some of them are pens see. as well. Worth noting, some of them are pens. Lots of them are pens. Yeah. I know you still got to put them in, but you know, Jared Bowen is not taking penalties. The amount of impact he has on open players is much better. So, look, I think we both agree though that Kudus hopefully gets in ahead of him. I don't want to make it too negative because, um, yeah, but it did annoy me. Um, uh, yeah, positive sent Lucas Paquetta. I didn't particularly notice him being as amazing as you thought, but um, obviously a good player, great ball, like you mentioned for for Jared Bowen's goal. Um, yeah, Bowen talking afterwards, James, you saying that West Ham are actually a bit annoyed um, that uh, they're sitting there with 10 points, not um, 12, obviously, after the draw at Brighton. Yeah, and it's quite refreshing to hear that, actually. Shows that they've got the right mentality. They want to go out there and win every game. It was a late equaliser for Bournemouth, wasn't it? Which... Obviously, adds to that frustration, but it's it's mm. I, when I heard him say that, I was like, I like that, I like that. They, they look, they're looking at that game going, cool, you know, we could be over 12 points and we could be we could be comfortable, but um, they would have learned from that late goal. Um, and you know, the finishing that day wasn't great, so you've got no. Byron's goal that day was good, but they built on it, they built on that frustration on the open day of the season, and they've won the next three, um, two of which were unlikely wins. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's, it shows the mentality that the team have still got. I think a lot of team, a lot of fans, were a little bit concerned as whether, whether after winning the Conference League, whether there might be a little bit of a hangover from that, mm. uh, and the Bournemouth, the Bournemouth game, kind of was potentially a hint that yeah, there might be a hangover from from last season and winning, win, going and winning the trophy and all the hype that went with that, losing your captain in the summer. Um, but actually, it shows that the mentality in the in the dressing room is bang on because they've yeah. come back, they've they've bounced back from a disappointing opening weekend draw against Bournemouth, and they've won three on the bounce in the top of the Premier League, and they're going, oh, we should really have won four out of four. We're unhappy about it. But that's the mentality yeah. you want to hear from the players, isn't it? So 
Can't yeah. really fault it all at the moment. It's very, very good. Very refreshing. No. Yeah, quite, mate. Yeah, refreshing indeed. Um, yeah, any other sort of notes then? Obviously, the penalty was, was the main thing. Good to see Zuma scoring. Um, I did back him the other week for, uh, yeah, to to score uh, in the Betway charity bet. So, yeah, he's obviously going to, yeah, it'll be, be good. To, I think we'll see a lot more of that. James Ward-Prowse's set pieces again, exemplary. Uh, he's not, yeah, looking laggy on the ball as I thought he might. Yeah, this is one of the most catastrophic bad football takes in history, I think, me saying uh, James Ward-Prowse is going to be a good pit. Fantastic impact. And Moisey saying afterwards, making a special effort to say, you know, I'm really pleased with what the players are doing and how they're like progressing. But um, I've got to take my hat off to the new boys as well. They've come in, added something different and you know, look really comfortable. Jared Bowen said uh, Ward-Prowse and Alfred look like they've been there, feel like they've been there for years. Yeah, that's good. It's always good when new players come in and, and settle. The amount of times we've had new players come in, they've taken four or five months um, to get going. We had that last season, didn't we, with Paquetta? We had it with Skamaka as well. Um, so it's good that they've all hit the ground running. Hopefully, Kudos does the same. Um, there is one, one thing that I think we need to improve on. And Go on. We're going to have games throughout the season where we're going to need to be better at this. And, and it's just been the same for the last two or three years, Mate, especially last season. Our our ability to make good use of possession. We knew we were going to have more of the ball than Luton last week. We know that we're better without the ball. We're a better team out of possession. That's how mm. we beat Brighton. That's how we beat Chelsea. Um, Jamie Carragher said it last night. West Ham have had all the ball but they're really struggling to create anything meaningful in the final third. Mm. Um, and we need, maybe Kudos is the answer. Maybe Kudos is, is the one that fixes that for us. But, yeah, okay, we've won 2-1. One. One, one of those goals came from a corner. Yes, the other one came from open play. It was a deep cross into the back post. Um, we do find it difficult to really build up into the final third and create clear-cut chances in open mm. play. That for me, that that's the only worry I have right now because there will be games where the majority of games we will have less of the ball, but there will be games this season when we play Luton again, when we play Bournemouth again, um, when we play Sheffield United, probably Burnley as well. We're going to have less of the ball, um, or we're going to have more of the ball in those games. Maybe not Burnley actually because they like they they like to play with the ball under company. Um, we got to improve. Mm. If we if we improve that. We're in for a very, very good season, I think. But if we don't, I think we're still going to drop points where we probably shouldn't do because of those frustrations. Yeah. We'll draw we'll draw games that we should have won where we've had 20 attempts on goal and only three shots on target and we've not managed to score or we've only managed to score mm. one and it was a penalty or something like that. Um, that's the only fault I can find at the moment. And if we fix that, we're in for a blinder, I reckon, because we're, we're, at the moment, a very good football team. Yeah. But we'd be even better if we could just add that to our game. Yeah. No, I, I do agree, mate. I think Luton made it difficult, didn't they? I think we will, I think against different sorts of teams, we will find a way. But I, I do, I am inclined to agree. I think it was good that we, as a counter-attacking team, we don't mind other teams having the ball. And we've, this is, this had all the hallmarks of a game we would struggle in. 
isn't it? And I think that, you know, we've seen it already. Ward Prowse is top quality. You're right. It's, it's like every single set piece he takes, isn't it? There's Plus, no yeah. bad ones. Yeah. yeah so good. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I, I, I'm really hopeful. Moisey was sort of making noises after. He was saying, you know, I'm sort of almost looking at it that what else can we do? Where else can we push on to? So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm really excited, really positive, mate. Uh, top of the league, albeit temporarily. We certainly still are while we're recording this. So that's good news in the great forms all around. One thing I will mention, Jonesy, actually, Luton fans uh, singing about Jared Bowen's partner, Danny Dyer. Uh, I'm not going to say the word on here, I don't think. I don't think it's necessary. A few people will have seen it on Twitter. But yeah, very, very unsavoury things about Jared Bowen's Mrs. Jared Bowen immediately shushed the crowd after he scored, which was wonderful. David Moyes said afterwards, he was like, yeah, you know, managers and players get a lot of vile stuff. Um, the fans just get away with it. Uh, but the best way to sort of shut them up or the best way to respond is, is by scoring exactly what Jared did. He's doing really well so far. Um, yeah, a bit. I, I, again, I sort of know what you mean. Like the same with the Zuma stuff. It's like Luton fans are like, oh, we get to be part of it. But actually, none of it, what you're doing is original. And saying stuff like that about his missus, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe, maybe I'm getting a bit old, I'm, you know, and, and a bit or a bit nicer. All the grief we used to give John Terry and stuff. Like, you know, I heard some pretty vitriolic chants at Upton Park. Um, so, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I, perhaps I am just getting a bit old or trying to be a bit yeah. nicer these days, mate. I don't know, but... Yeah, I, I I found it weird that they t- they singled out Jared Bowen and started. It's just weird, like he's the, one of the most inoffensive footballers in the Premier League. Like really literally, is, just yeah. gets his head down, plays football, nice family man. Yeah, okay, he's got a famous, <laughs> he's got a fam- famous missus and a famous father-in-law. Um, but he's just hardworking Premier League footballer that doesn't offend anyone. For some reason, yeah, picks on him. Um, yeah. and I. Yeah, okay, people can go, oh, it's disgusting, why are they doing that? But, I mean, you're right, stuff we used to sing about John Terry and his mum and stuff like that years ago. Yeah. Like, it happens, unfortunately. Football fans are like that. Um, yeah. They get caught up in the moment, a couple of fans sing it, they've had a few beers, Friday night as well, in mean, Luton. I can't imagine it's um, it's uh, Sober City. So, no, everyone's had a few beers, they see a footballer, they know he's got a famous missus and go, let's just sing about his missus. Um, and yeah. That's what happens. It will always happen, unfortunately, because that is, unfortunately, football fandom. And you're not going to stop it, unfortunately. But, yeah. No. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that he shut him up with a goal. And I'm glad that he, yeah. um, he he made a point of celebrating the way he did as well to go, yeah, okay, well, yeah, you can have a pop at me all you want, but look what I'm doing. So do you uh, hate then, Jonesy, Luton fans as much or less than you hate Nottingham Forest fans? <laughs> no, um, I, I have no feelings towards Luton fans whatsoever. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm excited for them. I'm, I'm glad that their story is incredible. Their journey yeah. over the last decade has been unbelievable. Um, even about 20 years, really. But um, them doing, them singing those songs and booing Zuma and having a pop at Jared Bowen doesn't offend me whatsoever. Um, no. I, I'm not I'm not going, oh, I hate Luton. I want them to get relegated. Um, unlike uh, Nottingham Forest fans, Palace fans, 
Tottenham yeah. fans, Arsenal fans, um, Brighton fans. Um, they're so the you don't four like sets Palace of fans. fans. Oh no, uh, no, Palace fans don't mind. Pa- Palace I don't mind. I don't mind Palace fans. I just don't like Palace. Okay. Palace for me is um, a pointless football club. (laughs) Um, Like they genuinely just finish finish eleventh every year. Oh, not even that good. Yeah, like like, they've they've been in the Premier League for like twelve years running now, and they've never finished. They've never in their entire history finished in the top half of the Premier League. What are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you there? (laughs) Do something! Come on. Um, yeah. and they then don't even got... like get involved in the relegation battles anymore. No, no, exactly. They're, they're always safe by March, and it's it. That's done. It's, <laughs> but like... never at risk of doing anything interesting either. Yeah, exactly. And you know, they've got their twenty ultras in the corner that think they're brush a Dortmund fan. <laughs> um, and it's just like they're just. It just. I look at Palace and I just go like, and I know Palace fans, um, and I'll say this to them as well. I don't mind saying it to them. I look at Palace and just go. What are you like? What what are you? What is the purpose? What what is is there something? Is there life there? Yeah. Is there life there? now? They've lost Zaha as well, who is like their their god. He's gone. Um, that's reappointing Roy Hodgson after almost that's... looking interesting by giving Vieira a job. Oh, it's like, oh, hang on oh, a minute. Come on. Yeah, like, like, nah, nah, nah. yeah. People like... actually are interested in what we're doing. I feel this. sorry for Roy Hodgson. He'll come out and say, oh, yeah, like, oh, it's nice to be back out of retirement. I, I, he's I, I, got I, I the freedom working. of the he's got the freedom of the London borough of Croydon, though. So it's unbelievable. Like, poor bloke, just let the bloke retire for crying out loud. <laughs> like, like, just leave him alone. Be Find... about in a wheelchair, wouldn't they? Yeah, like, come on. Um, yeah, that's that's why I dislike. I don't dislike uh, Palace fans. So I know I know quite a few of them, but I just don't like the club. Just don't. Yeah. I don't really understand the club. I don't know what it's all about. But um, yeah, Forest, Brighton, Spurs, and Arsenal fans. Those four, I, I don't like either club or fans. If I'm quite honest with you. Yeah, fair enough. I think it's quite like Palace-wise. I think it's like oh, it's nice, like quirky little stadium, and it's sort of like something a bit different to the you know the, the money thing of the Premier League. Their kit's a little bit different. That's quite cool. They have an eagle in the stadium before the game, like a real eagle. That's cool. Who doesn't like a real eagle, like a bird of prey show? You don't get that anywhere else in the Premier League. Um, but all of that's all very well and tip like in the stadium and stuff. It's oh, it's quirky, it's a bit different until you go there and try and watch a game of football from the away end. And it's like this is the yeah. worst stadium it's I've rubbish. ever been to. It's rubbish. <laughs> get me rubbish. to Southend's Roots Hall, which is Yeah, and also this year. It, it all it all began when they, when they beat us in a playoff final, was it back in two thousand four? Mm. Was it two thousand four? And Neil Shipperley. Neil Shipperley scored a winner. Yeah. Um. And we were. I was. I was there, and I'm. I was quite young. I was sitting there, and yeah, right was, next uh, to where yeah. the pa- right where the Palace fans are. So I was, oh, was actually, whistle, Yeah, I was next to the Palace fans. Full time whistle goes, and we just like, oh, that's just terrible. Let's just leave. I'm bawling my eyes out. Really upset. Got a long drive home from Cardiff. Like, yeah, a big crowd. And then you right walk now. in, it and, and you and you you got you got all the. Well, I was about. I don't know how old I was. You still are. What are you talking about? I was I was young then, um, but uh, we're walking out next to the Palace fans, and they're all there giving it. We got the Premier League. One guy's on his on his standing on his chair, and he's giving us he's giving us a few hand gestures. But then you know where yeah. the seats flip. He's put his, yeah, he's yeah. put one of his feet too too far back on the seat. Seats flipped. He's got his leg caught, and he's fallen backwards. We've absolutely gone mental, just absolutely laughing. Yeah. He's like hanging 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 out the seat, legs stuck. Mates trying to drag him <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah. 
And um, yeah, I thought yeah, that was yeah. hilarious. And ever since then, I was like, that, that Palace fan deserved it. I'm just the other 30,000 Palace fans in this <laughs> Um And yeah, ever since then, I've well, just developed a bit of a hatred for them. Yeah, you really, really have, Josie. I didn't even know this one existed, to be quite honest. But um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no, I didn't. I sort of think like I wouldn't swap them for a Norwich. Like I'd have them if they were to go down. I think they do bring a little bit more to the league. Uh, and what they do they always, bring though? They always buy all of our uh, outcast players that we don't want anymore for loads of money. James Tompkins, Cheku Kiati. Although, was it them who sent us Shamak, or did we send him to them? No, I we got we, Shamak, we got we got Shamak from Arsenal. And then we and sent then him to He was terrible for us, sent him to them, and he actually like banged a few in. <laughs> I, I think Shamak was online. I don't think we actually bought him. No. No, no, yeah, exactly. But and he was terrible for us and then went to be good for them, which was annoying. Anyway, JJ, yeah. this isn't the Marouane Shamak or indeed the Crystal Palace podcast. Uh, <laughs> so we have beaten Luton. We are temporarily top of the league. We may or may not be by the time you listen to this podcast. I don't suppose we will, but never mind. Unbeaten after four games, Champions League, perhaps even the Premier League title. Here we come. Well then, Jonesy, we talking about Champions League, here we come there. It's actually Europa League, here we come this season. The draw was made at the end of last week and we are in a group with Greek giants Olympiakos, a Serbian team whose pronunciation of their name I have been struggling with, I think everyone else has, but is Baka Topola, is the Serbian team, and German outfit Freiburg. I, my renewed excitement for the Europa League is back and European football in general. I'm absolutely buzzing with the Olympiakos game. We have this morning uh, booked our flights to Athens for the away game, which is very exciting indeed. Although I say we have, I've made the booking and all I've got at the moment is your flight booking is pending, which is no, not we're ideal. Just, we're the just money's gone. We just had an email. Um, yeah, it's because we've done it through Booking.com. They then have to yeah. book our book our flights on our behalf through the airline that they're using. So they're just yeah. confirming everything. But it'll go through. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Well, fingers crossed. The money's sort of pending out of our account as well. So um, yeah, so that's very very exciting indeed, Jones. You've got the little free cancellation hotel booked on Booking.com as well. This isn't an advert for Booking.com. We just happen to use the service a lot. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's that's really exciting. And I feel a, a winnable group. I mean, that tie against Olympiakos, home and away, is going to be a proper mouthwater. But how do you feel about the uh, that that draw? Um, we've got the away fan ban, uh, which is one, one game with one suspended. So we're banned for the... Freiburg game, it's the, the away game against Freiburg. So let me, sorry, let me read out the fixtures first of all. We start the campaign at home to Baka Topola on the 21st of September. Then we go to Freiburg in game two, which is when the first game of our two game away fan ban kicks in. Uh, that is for Jonesy. Am I right for throwing the cups at Prague at the final? Yeah. Is that what it was? It, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so but there is a two match away fan ban, but one of them's been suspended. 
So fingers crossed that we don't do anything stupid at home to back a Tapola. Uh, and they then trigger the the second the second away fan band because otherwise we're just going to Athens for two days for no reason. Uh, but that game against Olympiacos away is the 26th of October. We then face them in match day four, the return leg on the 9th of November at home at London Stadium. Uh, then go to Baka Tapola away on the 30th of November before wrapping up the group at home to Freiburg on the 14th of December. Very exciting, Josie. What did you make of the draw? How do you feel about it? Good draw. Um, I'm quite happy with it. You, you want to play strong teams, and I think I think Freiburg's going to be it's probably our hardest game. You know, they were fifth in the Bundesliga last year. They've won their opening two games this season. Um, they're a strong side. So Olympiacos, you want to play big clubs. You know, I mean, I know people look at it and go, "Oh, you know, they're only from Greece. Greeks don't have any big clubs." But Olympiacos is an iconic. European club, and mm. you know you want to Huge, play those yeah. sort of clubs. You you in these you in these competitions, you want to play those sort of iconic clubs. So yeah. I think that's a good draw. And then and then uh, backer to Paola, um, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I I'd never even heard of them before yesterday when the draw no. went on. I don't I don't know who they are. I don't know what they're all about. So quite happy that that's the first game as well because you'd like to think um, that the two fixes against them are, 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 are two wins. Mm, so planning first. Get, said that. Get get win get win to start the campaign off, and then you take a little bit of um, momentum in the Freiburg away game. So potentially, uh, it probably won't work out like that. But there we are. Um, but well, they're top of the sure. I like of, it. Yeah, it is. They're top of the Serbian league, James. After six games, five wins, one draw, sixteen points, just ahead of uh, Partizan Belgrade and Red Star Belgrade. Uh, Red Star Belgrade are in second and they're in the Champions League, aren't they? Joe Cole um, choosing not to call them Kravena Svedar, uh, Svedstar, or however you pronounce uh, Red Star Belgrade's actual name. Um, but yeah, back at Zapola, they beat Radnik Serdulica 1-0 away yesterday. Uh, Nemanja Stoic scored on the stroke of half-time. Um, so yeah, like half-decent outfit. They're I didn't. Did you even know that Baka Tapola was a place? No, I've that never heard of it before. The, name of the city, their stadium looks really cool. It yeah, looks really, I've, really I cool. did, it looks I've heard that nice we um, they might have to relocate the Europa League games to another stadium because their stadium is only holds like three thousand people. Oh right. Oh, so enough. I have heard a rumor that that might have to be the case. Four and a half thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. so so they might have to relocate to another ground. Well, it's a good job. I'm happy with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just think it's exciting, mate. The Olympiacos games particularly will be good. Freiburg, that'll be decent as well. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I think German fans are going to bring decent numbers, aren't they? Um, yeah. Like the, to the London Stadium. So that'll make for a couple of Olympiacos, you imagine, will. Big Greek population in London, of course. Massive club. Um, Freiburg, they're fifth in the Bundesliga at the moment. Have yeah. only played two games, to be fair. Um, but yeah, two games and and two wins uh, for Freiburg so far. They've beaten Werder Bremen and Hoffenheim. Uh, they got Stuttgart away today, where we got Mavrapanos from. So yeah, I all in all decent. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. The Serbian team was a bit meh. Uh, it would have been cool to have like. Got someone a little bit more 
um yeah maybe established from that pot three or pot four or whatever it was but there was a few decent i fancied maccabee haifa and israel away that would be quality that would yeah that would um, be good yeah that would have been good. But, yeah, uh, I, I think decent. You fancy us to get through that group, James? I, I don't think it's going to be as easy as we've found groups in the in the past. I would probably argue it's our most difficult one. No, I think I think it's going to be difficult. Um, it, I, I think it will be between us and Freiburg. But uh, really? there, are three te- there are three teams there that um, you know, could easily go and win the group, I think. So it makes it a really, yeah. really good, good, entertaining group. Um, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we just dropped down at the Conference League and went and won that again. Why not? <laughs> no, no, that, there is every chance of that happening, is there not? <laughs> I must admit, though, I don't recognise any of the uh, Freiburg's uh, Freiburg players. Just had a little look at their um, squad against uh, Werder Bremen. At the weekend, I don't recognise any of those players. Olympiakos, they are top of the Greek Super League. They, with an excellent... Oh, that was in the Europa League that they won uh, on Thursday. They normally have like a rogue player, you'd think, wouldn't you? That you've heard of before, yeah, Olympiakos. Some yeah. ex-prem... Uh, yeah, fella that... No, not nothing, nothing here. I don't recognise any of those names as I'm looking. Uh, no, who's this? Maidy, Maidy Kamara used to play for Rome is the only name I sort of recognise. No, but no, I, I think very exciting stuff indeed. Mate. I'm very much looking forward to Olympiakos away. That is going to be a sensational uh, evening out. If, of course, our flights get confirmed, I'm going to be nervous about that for the rest of the day, I would have thought. I would have our fingers crossed nonetheless. Uh, anything else to add on that, Jonesy? No, just I'm just looking at the before we wrap up this bit, I just look at the Olympiakos team. Vicente Ibora was at Leicester a couple of years ago. Um, was he? So, yeah. yeah. And Jao Carvalho, I recognise him as well. Um, he didn't play many games. Yeah. Um, and Gustavo Scarpa, I recognise that name as well. Other than that. Yeah. I don't know how no you recognise these blokes. He's just played in Portugal all his life. But, um, yeah. yeah. Played, no, played no, a lot no, football no. manager. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um yeah, you obviously haven't been playing Fantasy Premier League as much as you uh, profess to have, though, because I am still beating you at that. Another convincing win over you this week. I know you don't like to talk about it because I know it gets in your head. But uh, I remember this was your stance a couple of seasons ago, wasn't it? That um, Yeah, you don't like to get involved in all this. Just wait till the end of the season. It turned out I actually beat you at the end of the season as well. <laughs> so we'll see him, mate. We'll see him, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for when, at what point in the season, how big does the gap need to be uh, between me and you before you start sort of acknowledging that, yeah, actually, maybe I understand I've got a greater football brain than you? Never. Never. (laughs) (laughs) It's not happening, mate. It's not happening. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, look. Yeah, Europa League football's back. West Ham are quality in the Premier League. Again, we've booked another away day. The cycle continues, which is great. Stay with us for some final thoughts from me and James next. Well done, Jonesy. Uh, Another show, another win for West Ham. Uh, Another European draw for West Ham. It's really quite fun, isn't it, at the moment? Uh, We thought it wasn't going to be, but holistically, like we said, I think 
that last season's Premier League form will prove to just be a blip on the landscape of things that West Ham achieve under David Moyes. Uh, we've really started well this season. I think the transfer business has been spectacular. Uh, everyone seems really pleased with the additions. You tweeted the other day about Mikhail Antonio and Danny Ings not being a sustainable front line. I agree wholeheartedly with you on that point. I think it's disappointing we didn't bring a striker or even look like bringing a striker in, to be honest. Uh, that is disappointing and concerning in equal parts. Um, but yeah, a Europa League draw made decent, exciting draw there. What what do you how are you feeling at the moment? What did you make more so, Jonesy, of the, the transfer window generally? Deadline day, obviously, yesterday as we're recording this. Um I thought the transfer window overall for us was was good. It started slowly, um, with a lot of frustration. It took forever to to spend the Declan Rice money. Um, but I think the business we've done has been good. Yeah. We've already seen the impact that Alvarez and James Will Prowse has made. I think Kudos will will be good signing. Mavrapanos likely just to be a squad backup player for now. Mm. Um, but a, a good one at that. I don't, I don't think it's a bad signing at all. Um, for 18 million quid, doesn't really matter either way. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I said, on Twitter, could have done with a striker. I just don't think Antonio and Ings is a sustainable model for continued success. You can't yeah. continue to rely on Jared Bowen chipping him with the goals to get you out of that hole. Um, if Bowen gets injured, then you're relying on Danny Ings and um, uh, Michael Antonio to get you through, which is just sustainable. It's like you're not no. going to succeed with that. No, um, you're right. So it's frustrating. Maybe there'll be one in January, but I'm not going to look out my breath. But we'll see. We'll see. But other than that, I think it's it's an 8 out of 10 window for me. I think it would have been 10 out of 10 if we'd have brought in a decent striker, but 8 out of 10 window for me. Um, I think uh, after that big wait for us to finally sign a player after selling Declan Rice, it's been really positive after that. And um, there were concerns, wasn't there, that you know when we do eventually sell Declan Rice, can we trust the the trust that the money will be reinvested properly. Mm. Um, and I think that it, that has been the case. They've reinvested it properly. Brought in three very, Great. very good midfielders. One who could potentially play as an attacker as well. Um, and a good defender. Like You can't you can't complain with the business that we've done. And years no. gone by, we mentioned it last week, years gone by, it's been quantity over quality, isn't it? We bring in 10 players. Yeah. Sophie and Faguli, Gokhan Toure. Have at Nortvay and all those sort of let's, yeah. get, let's get let's get bodies in. See what happens. That trio was this a year. bad trio, is not it? Yeah, but I mean, I mean, yeah. Eddie Milson, Fernandez, and, and players like that. Just Sammy just whack, a Nasri, yeah. the, whack a lot of bodies in the squad and, and see where it takes us. Yeah. This time, it's been where do we need to strengthen? Uh, where are our weaknesses? Um, let's bring in quality for good money. Um, get rid of a little bit of dead wood. And we'll go from there. And I think that's why this this window has been a success. Yeah. Um, which we've we've not been able to say say very often as West Ham fans that a transfer window has been a successful transfer window. I don't think. Yeah, I would think it's. I would say it's an eight out of ten because I think there's yeah. a glaring hole in the squad up front. And yep. as and I just it's annoying. I can just sort of already see myself getting irritated. Um, a bit further down the line. 
because it sort of undoes a, a lot of this good work when, yeah, if Antonio gets injured, which he will, uh, all right, he might play Bowen through the middle. But then if you're going to do that, what's the point of having Ings? And I, because again, I, you know, I don't particularly rate, I, I don't think he's quite, it just doesn't fit a West Ham, I don't think. So yeah, that that is, I, you know what, maybe I'll just be annoyed about that when it comes, but I am annoyed that we haven't brought in a striker. But Edson Alvarez and James Ward-Prowse look great. Probably won't need a striker, so we're going to score all of our goals from free kicks and corners anyway. So who cares? West Ham United, at the moment, they're top of the league. By the time that you listen to this, they probably won't, because I imagine Manchester City will beat Fulham. However, West Ham have played four games in the Premier League this season. They haven't lost a single one of them. In fact, they've won three and drawn one. Jared Bowen is on absolute fire and, uh, well, you know the rest of the words to that song. James Ward-Prowse looks spectacular despite my bold predictions that he would not fit in the West Ham squad at all. All is looking bright at London Stadium. The international break Coming up, of course, me and Jonesy will. How long, Jonesy, is the international break? Two weeks. Always two, two weeks. weeks, is it? So when are we playing? So it's yeah, just, we're one, so just, up just one weekend. City. Just just one weekend without Premier League football. Yeah, quite, quite. So, yeah, me and Jonesy will be back ahead of that Manchester City game. Things are looking exciting at West Ham. Another Europa League draw, another season of European football coming up. We're going to try and do it all with 0.75% of, or 0.75 strikers, I suppose. I think I'll give Mikel Antonio half because he's improved this season. Danny Ng, very much a 0.25. However... No reason for negativity just yet. There may be some on the horizon, of course. Me and Jonesy are off to Athens. We'll, of course, take you lot with us by means of the podcast. Reasons for smiling at West Ham. The fact that Gareth Southgate's overlooked Jared Bowen and James Ward-Prowse seem to rattle a lot of people, but it means they get a rest for the next couple of weeks and will be fit and firing when we take on Manchester City in that Premier League title decider at London Stadium on the 16th of September. Thanks for listening, everyone. Follow us, subscribe, comment, review in all the usual places you've been listening to we are west ham thank you for doing that and we'll see you next week hi this is tony cotty and you're listening to the we are west ham podcast This podcast was sponsored by Miriam Errington Conveyancing in Adelaide, South Australia, a long-term partner of the We Are West Ham podcast. So if you're buying or selling property in Adelaide, South Australia or Australia as a whole and you want to keep West Ham business in the West Ham family, get in touch with Miriam Errington for all your conveyancing needs. Sports Social Podcast Network.